Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, I am so delighted to be sitting in my friend Ronit's studio recording a very impromptu episode. So, Ronit, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. I'm a musician, artist, photographer, cinematographer, um, witchy person um <laughs> and my friend your friend you're yes. my friend <laughs> I do a lot of things you do yeah. you wear a lot of creative hats mm-hmm. so I just had the absolute honor of listening to your new EP which oh, I'm so excited to just kind of talk about with you because it was um just really emotionally provocative and this conversation with you is going to be really fun because I've never I've never interviewed you before like I've known you since 2017 I think and while we've hung out a few times I think this is actually our first time spending time together one-on-one um for everyone listening, I am currently in the mountains at Ronit's house. I've been here for a couple of days. Um, but Ronit also is someone you all know and love because she is the voice of our podcast oh, yeah. theme song. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all familiar with Ronit. So Ronit, how did you how did you come to the path of spirituality? Were you raised with a spiritual practice or was it something you discovered later on in life? Um, I feel like, I don't know if we have a similar background in like being raised Jewish-ish. <laughs> we do. Jewish-ish. <laughs> Jewish, <yes>. Um <laughs> My parents are both Jewish, but they were, my dad's like very much an atheist. Mm. So sort of like optional Judaism because mm-hmm. my mom was into it, but my dad wasn't. Um, and I sort of chose like not to be into it. And then when I was, I don't know, like in high school, got really into metal, which kind of led me into like gothic clothing, which then led me into (laughs) witchcraft. And then I was like, oh wait, I actually really vibe this. Mm -hmm. And, um, goth clothes are a gateway drug. They are. (laughs) Like I was into like the imagery of it before, which a lot of people like, rag on girls who are just into the imagery of it but it is like a gateway because then you realize like oh I like moon stuff oh wait maybe I actually like the moon and (laughs) want to follow maybe there's a reason why all this symbolism is uh appealing to me exactly yeah so that's how it happened and then I um have this awesome childhood friend that I went to visit and he gave me my first tarot reading which Mm. was very much like quit your job move to the woods (laughs) so I did that bought a tarot deck and like (laughs) got really into it and then I met our mutual friend Melody who was the first person that I met that was like really into witchcraft Mm. and I was like okay maybe I can actually learn how to be a real witch and not just (laughs) wear black (laughs) so um yeah I started doing like full moon rituals and I don't know it's just sort of happened and I feel like my art has now really tied into that where that's, like, my number one spiritual practice is, like, making art. 
Yes, yes. It is so clear listening to your music that it's a it's a spiritual release. Yeah, it is. It feels just like otherworldly. Um, and Melody was actually on our podcast the first season. So mm-hmm. now I think this trend of like bringing all my friends onto the show is, is coming true. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, when did you, when did you decide to become an artist? Um, um, I guess like I decided to start making music when I was 16 and then I really wanted to like be in a metal band so I did that with my um first boyfriend's sister we had a little duo on MySpace we were big on MySpace (laughs) oh my god and we have like covers on YouTube that people find sometimes really Um, they're not great but I would love to find them (laughs) (laughs) it's just like me awkwardly playing bass but I'm trying to sing so cute um but she decided that she didn't want to have fans (laughs) for to quote her she literally just didn't want to have people that liked her, so... Oh, um, interesting. I started doing, like, solo music, and, yeah, just... I just knew I wanted to make music, and once I started doing it alone, it felt really right. Mm. Like, it felt like I could just do everything I wanted to do without waiting for someone or, like, yeah. relying on someone to want to make music with me. Yeah, so you, you gained an independence and a freedom mm. in pursuing your own music. Yeah, and, and that was, like, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a long time. I feel like it's only recently, like, come together, though. Mm. When do you think it came together? Um, I guess, like, when I first moved to this house, it was trying to come together, but not quite. Had a lot of writer's block. Mm. And then when I... I was, like, really trying to find producers to help me make my music Mm. and the universe was like no 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 like every time I'd work with a producer it just wouldn't work out the song wouldn't get done so it came together when I finally was like I need to do this alone I realized that a lot of the feeling of spirituality when I'm making my music comes from being alone making it Mm -hmm. and I can't get there if I'm with someone else I just don't get to that place Mm. um so I feel like it came together when I finally told myself, like, I'm going to produce it on my own and yeah. do it alone and not wait for someone else to, like, help me, mm. um, which was a couple years ago. And then I, yeah, I started writing an album mm. and I started connecting to that feeling of it being like, like songs being spells almost, like yes. they were rituals for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met James who helped me finish, like... They got all the songs. Yeah, big shout out to James. I talk about him all the time in like every interview. I feel like James because <laughs> I was writing this album and kind of like I don't know how I'm gonna finish these songs, but I'm gonna take them as far as I can mm, and hope mm-hmm. that someone will help me mix them and master them. And then he just like came along and totally mm. saved the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is uh, the album you released. Uh, is eleven eleven? Yeah, XIXI. XIXI. Or either one, but um, that was like a year and two months ago now. Wow. Yeah, beginning of 2020. Yeah, I remember when I listened to that album, I instinctively wanted to do Ritual. Like, I think that the first time I listened to it fully through, I actually remember distinctly. I was, like, alone in my room, and I, like, dimmed the lights, and I listened to it. um, Because I feel like giving an album its full, uh, like, you know, front-to-back listen is really important, especially Mm -hmm. if it's, like... 
um, you know, your friend's music, you want to like honor the music. Um, and yeah, I just remember feeling really called to, uh, you know, do magic with this music. And I think it's because you give so much of yourself to the music. Like I really feel as though I hear, I hear the parts of you that maybe I can't see mm-hmm. and that the world can't see through song. And it's something that I just admire so much. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm curious how, what does it take for you to get to that place? Because I think having the the bravery or the, um, I don't know, discipline to really like show up and be vulnerable in that creative space is uh, really unique and special. And I think I'm curious how you get there. Um, I think... You know, I don't make music every day, mm. and I think that um, I usually am waiting to, like, it's like I get so anxious, and I know that the only way to cure my anxiety is to come into the studio and make something, mm. and so it's like the emotion is usually so intense that I, I just have to release it. Mm. It doesn't feel like I'm putting myself there it's like I just am there emotionally, mm. and then I make music from that place. So it's, like, built up. Yeah. Um... But I have started to do, like, periods of time where I'm like, I'm going to do a song a day and, like, make myself write every day. And in that time, it really does feel like I'm just um, excavating, like, whatever is in my subconscious, like, whatever has been there that needs to come out. And sometimes I don't even know what the song is about when I'm making Mm, it. mm -hmm. And then as I'm finishing it, I'm like, oh, I actually do know what this is about. Or I've had that experience with, um, like, writing and acting and... Um, filmmaking almost like you don't really see the full picture until mm-hmm. it's done and then you take a step back and yeah. you're just like oh oh that's what oh, I made <laughs> that's what I was doing <laughs> yeah it's crazy like I didn't know with my album that I was making a listening ritual when I was making it I was mm-hmm. just making it and then I don't know I started thinking like oh I really want people to listen to my music in a certain setting I feel like the setting, you're in my studio right now where the mm-hmm. lights are dim and it's like I lit sage before we started and I mm-hmm. wish I had incense, but I didn't. And like <laughs> trying to make this like environment, mm-hmm. this listening experience. And I realized that that's so important and that I wanted to make sure my fans heard it in like a specific environment so they could connect to the same feeling I had when I was making it. Yeah. And that's when it started to like in my mind become, well, how do I do that? Oh, they need a candle. They need incense. <laughs> they need tea. Like, so you are going to give them everything they need they, for the perfect ambiance to listen to your music. Yeah, because I want them to, like, feel what I was feeling. And I, I don't mm. think they can if they're sitting in, like, a bright room listening to it on their iPhone or, like... Mm-hmm, like at a Starbucks or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. I mean, they can listen to it, and I hope they will, and, like, listen to it wherever they want. But yeah. for the first listen, at least, I, like... Maybe I'm just being too much of a control freak, but I just want them to, like, have the experience. I think that uh, being a good artist, I, it, you know, you do need to have that vision. And sometimes you have to be, I mean, you have to be in control to, like, really share your vision with the world. It's not yeah. something that's just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I just put this together and, um, you know, just do whatever you want with it. Like, you know, if you're really passionate about it, I think that you do have that um, impulse to cultivate the entire experience for someone like I think of you know 
big artists who have like massive concerts with like yeah. the lights, the dancing, the you know everything. Like, what can you do to um, make it every element of the experience be in alignment with like your yeah core vision? Yeah, and as someone who's not touring or who's like you know mm-hmm. in a pandemic or whatever, like. <laughs> It is sort of hard to cultivate that, but that's why I'm trying to, like, sell the albums with the mm-hmm. ritual kit because it's, like, my way of yeah. doing that. Yeah, and something you mentioned was um, the subconscious, and mm. I'm curious what your uh, feelings are about the relationship between creativity and the subconscious. Well, I think that all of your creativity sort of lives in that realm I Mm. guess like you have to turn off your conscious mind to create Mm. which is why I start doing the song a day things because it like it gets me out of the like I have to make a good song I'm thinking about making a song I'm thinking about what my song is about Mm. I'm thinking about my lyrics like it puts you more in the space where you can flow and just let your like I don't know what's underneath write the song for you because mm. when you're doing a song a day, there isn't pressure for it to be good. It's more about quantity and quality. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to make whatever I mm-hmm. make. And like, I don't know, it just allows for me to like turn yeah. off my thinking. And um, I've tried so many different things to turn off my thinking when I'm making music, like whether it's smoking weed or like, I don't know if I'm writing a verse, like looping the verse like 50 times until I'm in a trance and Mm. like just singing over and over and over again until I'm like in a trance state. And then that's when like the melody that I want or like the right melody comes I love that idea. Yeah. Whoa. Cultivating trance. Yeah. That's a lot of what I'm doing in the studio is cultivating trance. Mm, Yeah. I mean, you've put me in trance before for sure. Like the rituals we've done at your house, um, for everyone listening, I've had the pleasure of attending some of Ronit's uh, parties and rituals and ceremonies, and um, a lot of the people in attendance. And, and a lot of the people in attendance have uh, contributed sound healing. I think at your Samhain Halloween party, there was a screaming ritual. <laughs> Literally, we all gathered in a room. The scream room. It was the scream room. <laughs> We all gathered in the room and like like 12, 15, like maybe 20 people in the room screamed for like 45 minutes. And I think great. it was one of my most favorite rituals I've ever done. It was so good. The energy it, like, was so intense. It was so loud and like it felt so good. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it's <laughs> like it definitely was trance inducing, like mm-hmm. feeling everyone's energy and the vibrations and mm-hmm. the just like pure release of emotion through sound was just like. There were so many people that, because I screamed a lot, and there were so many people that I would just like lock eyes with, mm-hmm. and we'd both be screaming like at each other's faces <laughs> yes. in eye contact, and it felt like, I don't know. Like just, an energetic exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's also been, you know, sound, sound bowls. <laughs> it's not just screaming up here in the mountains. <laughs> um, My neighbors are like, what are they doing? <laughs> fucking witches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but where was I going with this? Yeah, so trance, for anyone who doesn't know, is a tool that has been used in magic for... Mm. 
um, probably since the beginning of time, gathering around a fire, like the actual, um, you know, the flickering of a flame will induce trance. Shamans will use sound like uh, drumming or beating a staff against the ground to invoke trance. And trance is just really a shifted state of consciousness. And sound is really one of the most incredible ways to invoke a shifted state of consciousness. Mm. Um, another thing that does that is breathing. And, um, you know, sacred smoke can do that. Meditation can do that. But I feel as though uh singing creative expression whatever that artistic pursuit is is a beautiful way for anyone to connect to trance yeah I feel like um I for my last album wasn't really thinking about that as much I was still sort of thinking about like pop music mm, and like mm. it being playlistable and then I just completely switched, like, after the album was released, I just wanted to make stuff that did induce that trance state, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I like to listen to my own music and headphones, and, like, I don't know, if I'm doing it right, and I listen to one of my own songs, I can actually feel myself kind of lifting out of my body a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like I'm slight, like, hovering above. Yeah. And that's sort of the test for me now. It's like, Mm. does this song make me lift out of my body? Does this song make me astral project? (laughs) Yeah, if not, Not going on the album. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, like, the acoustic EP that I made, which is acoustic versions of the songs on my album, the whole thing made me feel that way. I was like, oh, the whole thing is, like, Mm. giving me that feeling, and it was so stripped back. So that's why I decided for this EP that I just showed you to just do like real instruments (sighs) yes let's talk about that okay (laughs) um yeah so this ep when do you think you're gonna release it well it's called bloom Mm. um which i guess this is like my first announcement of that um i wanted to release it last spring but it Mm -hmm. wasn't anywhere near done so now it's like this spring Mm -hmm. if i release bloom not in the spring i'm gonna be really angry (laughs) (laughs) okay cool angry this this episode will definitely be out after then so we'll make sure that like it aligns but yeah like right before yeah we won't um like spoil anything yeah um so yeah listening to it it felt like a fever dream that was like what I wrote down. I mean, you you said to take notes and really it was just like, I love this song. (laughs) (laughs) But the beginning of it just felt like incredibly dreamlike and going into that trance and it felt as though it was in that liminal space of, um, you know, the past. Mm. We heard recitations of, you know, a relationship, conversations about a relationship and who knows what we were actually listening to because it was so um, like augmented and and trancey mm-hmm. and weird and I just really loved the interludes and I think that really supported the songs and the songs themselves can obviously like hold up on their own but you were telling a story with it yeah. and I think that that was what um, stood out to me as like one of the greatest strengths and I feel as though XIXI also told a story um, but this felt like you cracked open your soul <laughs> and it like leaked out onto the page and then I got to hear it. Yeah. And it was really beautiful. It's funny because those interludes are like 
not even done. Like really, I'm like, I mean, <laughs> there. I feel like they're a rough draft because I mm. was just going. I take a ton of voice memos mm-hmm. all the time, so those are all real. Like. None of those are, like, contrived, like, hey, will you record this for me? Like, Mm -hmm. those are all, I just record a lot of my conversations, especially if they're, like, emotional or, like, having a fight or a discussion. I'm always, like, sneakily pressing record on my voice memo. And, like, I know it's maybe sort of weird, but, like. I actually love that. I mean, consent and stuff, but I love that. Yeah, I mean, the person I'm recording, (laughs) he knows that I do it. Yeah, I had a feeling it was, like, consensual non-consent. No, he knows. Like, he's heard it. And, um, but I was just Mm. going through my voice memos the other day, and I was like, oh my god, I have so many more, and, like, Mm. I really feel like I can flesh out that story more. I'm so excited to see how it continues to evolve. Yeah. Um, also, I have a song on the album. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I did a hair flip. You can't see it, but I did. Um, <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? Can we talk about yeah. it? Yeah. So uh, this was like two falls ago. It, it was, was October of 2019. October 2019, yeah. Or September, actually. Yeah, my friend and I came to your home to do a photo shoot, mm-hmm. and um, while we were here, Roni was in the midst of a 30-day, song-a-day writing challenge, and <laughs> Roni <laughs> said something along the lines of, like, I'm going to go write my song. What should I write about? And I was like, you should write me a song. <laughs> <laughs> so casual which like no one's ever said maybe <laughs> so at my initial reaction was like I don't know if I can't like I you know it just seemed so challenging like based on the way I write music it being like this <laughs> my subconscious like how am I gonna write someone a song it's also so cheeky of me <laughs> I can't believe I said that yeah no I like it but yeah. then I was like okay I will because you know, I was doing a song a day, so no pressure. <laughs> and so I came down to my studio. I'm like, how do I, like, write Leah a song? Are you Leah or are you Tosca? We're Leah now. Okay, we're Leah now. Okay. <laughs> Could we? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Um, like, how do I write Leah a song? Like, okay, well, Leah's magical, so I'm just going to make, like, a meditation song. I'm just going to get – I'm going to channel as much magic as I can – and then I smoked a ton of weed, and um, I felt like I was channeling something for your soul. Like, I really did feel that way. I came down at the end of the day, and Roni shared this song with me, and I started to cry because I said exactly that. I was like, this is what my soul sounds like. Like, Aww. it's just so, it was just, like, so beautiful, and, like, your voice just is so incredible and it's just like really dreamlike and it feels um I don't know it just feels very like I feel very connected to that song yeah as you should and I'm glad (laughs) I'm glad I got like access to it because I actually did use it in meditation you did Uh uh-huh yeah like I've done a few ritual baths listening to it and I haven't listened in a while during ritual so Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll get an updated track with yeah, those violins. The strings on it now. The strings. Yeah, and I might... I don't know if I'm going to change the name or not, because it's like... <gasps> I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's your song. <laughs> I might, but... Because we'll, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what does Tulia even mean? Which Tulia? <laughs> it's like <laughs> a fancy way of spelling Tulia. <laughs> yeah, you know? It's right, right now T-U-L-I-A. <laughs> 
Um, and it's been called, like, I always have working titles of my mm-hmm. songs, and at the end I'll be like, what's this <laughs> called? Shit. Um, I did come up with a name for it recently, mm. but I can't remember. And it's summer. I guess Tulia stays. We'll see. I just feel like it, I don't like the way the word looks is my thing. Yeah, you know, it kind of looks it's like, like ugly. <laughs> it looks like that real estate website. Yeah, like <laughs> Trulia, like it's. Needs a better name. If you oh it, maybe you could name it. Really? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I love that solid maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. We'll see if it's good enough. If it's good. Enough. I mean, I am a writer. I hope I could do it. Yeah, we'll try. Mm, I'll do my best. Okay. I'll do my best. Um, so, uh, let's see. Let's see. I guess like. Obviously, you integrate a lot of other artistic mediums to support your music, but, like, you are a very talented photographer, cinematographer, like, separate from your music as well. So I'm curious, kind of, like, what your journey has been integrating all of these different mediums mm-hmm. and, like, how how it makes you feel as an artist. Um, that's a great question. I <laughs> Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I am kind of always filming. I have, like, a nice Sony camera that, like, I shoot a lot of my music videos on. Mm. And so that, I'm, like, constantly filming everything I do. Like, for my music video, Fade to Blue, I, the whole beginning of it is, like, me watching a television. And the television is playing, like, clips of stuff I shot Mm. of me and this guy that I, that the song is about. And it was, like... I had this, like, two-year on-and-off infatuation with him, and I was always filming when I was Mm. with him. And so I turned that into, like, a DVD and put it on the TV, and I'm, like, watching it in the music video. So it's, like, there's, like, layers of real stuff. And the night that he told me he, like, didn't want to be with me, I, like, filmed myself crying in his apartment. So, like, I try to, like, capture all the real moments. Um, so artist Ronit is always conscious of human Ronit yeah. and willing to be vulnerable in those moments for the sake of, of art, of art, <laughs> anything for art, <laughs> do it for the art. <laughs> um, no, I love like, like capturing, I mean, in my most recent breakup, I, the night we were breaking up, I like set up my tripod and got in the shower and cried in the shower. Cause I was like, this is the only thing that will make me feel better is knowing mm. that I can make something beautiful out of this. Mm. Like knowing that yeah. I could capture a real emotion because I don't like to fake cry on camera. Like I yeah. want, I want to capture the real shit. So yeah. Um, but at the same time, like with the visuals for this um, EP, I really want to take it to the next level and like have more production value and like mm. do drone stuff and like steady cam and like. You know, maybe have some people besides just... Usually it's just me and my friend Shelby. We're like, Mm -hmm. okay, we have a camera. You and I are going to a cabin. And, like, Mm -hmm. we just Mm -hmm. do it on our own. Yeah. And she's great. But, like, we never have lighting or, like, Mm. we have some lighting. But It's time to level up. Yeah, I just want to level up. So I was thinking, because I've been filming everything in my life for the last two years as I've been writing this EP. Wow. So I'm thinking that, like, the songs might have, like, leveled up production value but then I'm gonna make visuals for the interludes and those will be like like montages of the real stuff that's like on my camcorder like my vintage camcorder and my Mm. camera that's so cool Ooh, I'm excited to see how this like turns out yeah it's it's all gonna come together like 
this is a concept EP, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the visuals will be are part of the concept, but I've been, it's like, I can't plan this stuff. I just mm-hmm. have to, like, live my life and let it happen, and then at mm-hmm. the end, it comes together, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, an element of faith that you have to have in order to make creative work. Mm-hmm. And that faith is in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. I honestly feel like that's why some <clears throat> a lot of people don't pursue the arts is because it takes such a belief in yourself. Mm. And I, like... I think it's really powerful to say, like, yes, I'm an artist, and yes, I'm going to be vulnerable, and I am going to believe in myself enough to, you know, pull all of these emotions and, you know, visions from my subconscious to create something that was not here and Mm -hmm. could only be here because of me. Yeah, I've definitely struggled with, like, wondering if my emotions are important enough to be making so much art about them of course they are um and I think a lot of people probably struggle with that like is my story Mm. important enough to be told Mm -hmm. feeling yeah um but I think I've just pushed past it like it was a big struggle for a long time and it was Mm. the reason why I didn't feel like I could make anything good Mm. because I was so like I didn't believe in myself yeah. And that creates writer's block. Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't believe in yourself, you can't finish anything. Because you're just like, oh, well, this isn't good enough to finish. Or... Yeah. Self-doubt is, mm-hmm. like, extreme stagnation yeah. in every way. But especially when you're trying to do something artistic. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly what the Song A Day Challenge was about. Mm. It was about, like, dropping the expectation for it to be good. And, like, mm-hmm. stop, like not having the pressure and just saying, this is a homework assignment. have to do one a day Mm. it does not have to be good it just has to exist Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I don't know that was probably one of the most important creative challenges I've ever done wow so that's so cool I want to do that Mm -hmm. maybe not for songs but for something else that would be really fun any like thing a day you have to do yeah creatively that and like I was telling you earlier the 10 or 15 minute long timer of like mm-hmm. free riding. Yeah, I actually got a lot done and I think I did like 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. I got a lot done Stream in that. Stream of consciousness. Uh-huh. Like, turning yeah. off the filter and like mm-hmm. the part of your mind that's saying things have to be a certain way or mm-hmm. that's saying I don't believe in you. Yeah. All that. Yeah. You got to find a way to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you turn yours off? Um... Well, I guess, like, just years of of practicing turning it off, mm-hmm. like, and like I said, just that 30-day, that or it wasn't even 30 days, it was actually two weeks, Um, that two-week challenge, it, like, mm. it was such an interesting mental experiment, because I found on, like, day three, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this, like, this is easy, I can make a song a day, mm. and then on day four, I was like, oh my god, I suck. Like, I can't, I don't want to make something that sucks. I don't want to make another shitty song. Mm -hmm. And then on day five, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, it just showed me so much of Mm. how my mind is getting in the way. Yeah. So I think that was a big step in learning how to turn Mm. it off. I would love to do, like, a 30-day 
creativity challenge for like podcast people mm-hmm. like and have it be you know whatever whatever it is but to kind of like have a communal like accountability kind of thing mm-hmm. maybe when this comes out we could do something like that together oh that's a good idea yeah um so we are the sex magic podcast mm-hmm. um <laughs> yes. what do you think the relationship is like for you between sexuality eroticism and creativity that's such a fun question because <laughs> i never talk about like sexual stuff openly Let's with my go. fans um Let's go. <laughs> but i recently like got like pulled into this like interview where we were talking about polyamory and I was like oh I guess I'm coming out to the world as being someone Mm. who's like involved in this and Mm -hmm. it felt really weird and forced upon me but like (laughs) I feel like it's just you're pushed out of the poly closet (laughs) yeah and yeah kind of (laughs) well now you have uh we're we're holding your hand as we you know yeah take you out a little further I don't know why I've been like afraid to talk about this stuff but it is such a, like, huge part of my life. Like, sexuality is such a huge part mm-hmm. of my creative process. Um, I hear people yelling outside. Um, yeah. uh, so, I don't know. I, like, don't tell many people this. but Yeah, like, there's such a stigma surrounding mm-hmm. sexuality and sexual expression. And, I mean, this is something that I am so focused on. And a lot mm-hmm. of my creative work is about sexuality and eroticism. Yeah. And um, I guess I'm just afraid that, like, some of my fans are just, like, too young to hear this. But I guess yeah. if they are, they won't listen to this. But probably. also, like, you know, kids these days mm-hmm. are watching you know, porn at, like, 10, younger even, Mm -hmm. because we have access to the internet, and I feel as though, you know, like, you and I probably would have, like, a really great, enlightening conversation for someone who's curious about these things. Mm -hmm. Like, inevitably, people will learn about love and sex and the many variations of it. Having more conversations about sexuality, love, the erotic, really takes away the power of shame. Yeah. I think that shame is a huge part of why people are uncomfortable having these conversations. And we don't want to be seen as too sexual or slutty or bad or perverted. Mm -hmm. And really, those concepts were given to us by uh, the patriarchy and capitalism and years and years of, you know, puritanical beliefs and you know it's I think really important to just be really honest and show people that having a poly lifestyle or being x y and z queer whatever it is is no different than having a normal traditional monogamous relationship marriage yeah you know it's just everyone connects in a different way yeah yeah I don't know I think the reason why that particular interview was so weird is I'm so like I'm just trying to figure out what I am Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like I'm trying to figure out am I truly polyamorous am I wanting monogamy am I I don't know I just know that I feel very sexually open Mm -hmm. and that I don't want like anything super traditional Mm -hmm. but coming back to your question of like how does it play into what I'm doing I did want to sort of like touch on that because Um, one of the ways that I find I can get into the trance state the best is, like, through sex or through masturbation or, like, 
I feel like that really puts you in that state. Mm. And I have like, you know, I've had collaborators in the past that I was like dating or like involved in where like we are like being intimate and like sexual as we're recording. And that will bring out like such a deeper level of like lyricism and depth and like passion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think my best songs are written too about like my most passionate Mm -hmm. sexual or romantic feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, But something I've like used, I feel like I've done sex magic in the studio because I'm, I'm like, sitting in the studio, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, oh my god, let's watch you. I just like when I was writing one of my songs, "Wide Awake," I mm-hmm. was like, it's so weird for me to talk about this, but I was like doing like <laughs> sex magic by myself, <laughs> and like that was helping me. I was like, lo- I had the verse on mm-hmm. loop. And I had the microphone in my hand. Oh, my God. This is so hot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I was just going to town and, like, letting – and then, like, you know, as you're in the throes of pleasure, whatever sounds come through are, like, really interesting, you know? And a lot of my, like, melodies came through that way and some of my lyrics did, too. Um, Wow. So I was like, this is a good tactic. And, like, all of my collaborators know that I do that. But, like, the general population doesn't know that I'm, like – masturbating to find melodies like <laughs> but it works can i have a bumper sticker that says that? <laughs> masturbating to find melodies i mean it just puts you or puts me in that mm-hmm. trance state really quick yeah yeah i i mean i agree wholeheartedly i have done this myself mm-hmm. i use uh self-pleasure sex magic when i'm feeling creative stagnation mm-hmm. and it always unlocks well because it's like it's strong energy and that's yeah, what i try to explain like, to people it's like flow. and also your sacral chakra is connected to your cre- creativity mm-hmm. so i feel like it opens something up and it like you know what energy is more powerful than either like heartbreak or or sexual energy it is like mm. such an intense those are two really intense feelings yeah and if you're not extremely heartbroken and are writing from that place then like another really intense energy to use when you're writing is like getting really turned on and it like you know like invigorates your body mm-hmm. and I've heard from a lot of other musicians that they do the same thing they're like yeah I'm just like masturbating all day in the studio but no one's talking about it <laughs> oh my gosh it's here at the big, sex magic podcast big secret we are revealing the truth <laughs> how music is made <laughs> how music is made this is the music industry yeah everyone Ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ah. <laughs> um <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Yeah, it's also interesting because I know that there is also a connection between the sacral and the throat chakra. Mm-hmm. Actually, the vocal nodes, or is that right? The vocal cords. Sorry, vocal nodes are what you get on your vocal mm-hmm. cords. The vocal cords actually look like a vagina. Yeah, they do. And I've heard so many healers and like wellness practitioners talk about the connection between... Um, you know, the the sacral and the throat. So I'm curious, like, what your thoughts are on that. Um, I've never heard that before. Hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of that, and that's super interesting. I want to, like, look into it. Yeah, I've also heard that, like, the more vocal you are in sex while you're having sex, the more 
orgasmic you will be mm-hmm. because it's a release. I feel that. And it's like allowing energy to move through you. And, you know, sound is a great way to move energy through your body. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. She's going to go experiment now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, that makes sense to me. I feel like one of the most difficult things to me is like having sex if people are in the house and I like don't want them to hear. Mm. I feel so like I what's the point mm-hmm. if I have to be totally quiet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like diffi- sometimes, really difficult. sometimes it's fun when you have to be quiet, but for the most part, yeah, you want to be expressive. Makes me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um let's see. Where to, where to go now? Where do we go from here? I don't know. <laughs> what uh, advice would you give to someone who maybe is more suppressed creatively and wants to unleash that? Um, hmm. I guess, I don't know, like, it sounds so cliche, but practice really makes perfect. I think mm-hmm. that doing something like a daily thing that you have to do is um, going to do a lot and like taking the pressure off because I I just hear from so many people who are feeling suppressed creatively that they feel like nothing they make is good Mm. and that's the huge block is that they aren't good enough and um, I think the only way to get good is to do it a lot and I think the only way to overcome that feeling is to do it a lot Mm -hmm. and so it's like, e- allow yourself to be bad. Oh, yes. I agree with this so much. Yeah. And it's so hard because you want everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like perfection, what is that phrase? Perfection is the killer of creativity yeah, or something like that. the killer of inspiration. Mm, I have to Google this. But yeah, it's... Um, it's actually really empowering to be bad mm-hmm. and to let yourself be bad and then to learn from it yeah. and to, like, evolve just, out like, of it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that it takes, like, 10,000 hours mm-hmm. to become an expert at something. So, like, know that every time you're doing it and it's bad, you're getting closer to being good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't just start doing it, you're not going to get good. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I am doing those, like, song of days, most of them aren't good. Mm-hmm. Truly. Like... A lot of them are pretty bad and um, just allowing it to be and knowing like this is part of the process. And that's hard because Mm -hmm. I do get down on myself when it's bad and most people do too. But like knowing, like having the discipline to be like, this is Mm -hmm. bad, but tomorrow I'm going to go and I'm going to make something else and it might also be bad. (laughs) And the next day it might be bad too. Yeah. And maybe on the fourth day it'll be mediocre (laughs) and, and not even having the expectation that, if I keep doing it, I'll be good on the seventh day. But, like, mm. just being, like, these might all be trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to the keep perseverance, showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Persevering through being bad. Mm. I think that's the key to success as a creative. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because the people who, like, everyone who's good at art will show you their stuff when they start it and it's not good. Mm-hmm. Like, my first music videos and photos and songs are terrible. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, let's look at some of these questions that um, oh. we got from our our folks on the social media. What if we didn't get any? Oh, we definitely did. All right, we have a question from 
darling listener Courtney, Scientific Siren. How does one know when to make their artistic expression an expression versus a job? Oh. Wow. Hmm. I think if it feels really important to express something, then it should just be expressed as purely as possible. Mm. And if it turns into a job, then that's great. Mm. I don't know. That's sort of my motto. Mm. Like, I'm not necessarily counting on my art being my job. I, like, have Mm. other... Like, my vocal sample pack is, like, I'm not putting my full artistry into that, but that's, like, giving me a lot of income. Mm. So I think if you can take your, like, creativity and find a way to segment it where you have, like, this section is where I'm, like, fully expressing. And over here is where I'm, like, making money and not having those two things bleed into each other. Mm. Because you want to keep the purity of your expression. You don't want it to, Mm -hmm. like, be a sellout-y or whatever. Right, yeah. right. I think it's always uh, a dance that you have to dance. Yeah. Keeping the integrity of your artistic expression and making sure that it's still for you, even when it becomes a career. Um, so. There's um, a really good book called Big Magic. <gasps> I have love you read that it book. by Elizabeth Gilbert? I love that I love book. her. Um, Me too. She talks a lot about that, and she talks about, like, how even after she had like, Eat, Pray, Love was, like, her best-selling mm. book and movie, and after it came out, she still maintained, I think it was, like, I can't remember what her job was, like, waitressing or something. I mm. Maybe it wasn't that, but she still kept her job because she didn't want, as a writer, to have the pressure of her next thing making money. She wanted to, like ensure that her creativity stayed like Mm. pure and so she kept her day job Mm -hmm. for quite a while Mm. yeah and she talks about why she did that and I think I was like oh that's a pretty good point like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be sitting if you're a musician in the studio thinking like oh man this song needs to make me a lot of money or I'm screwed yes if it comes from a place of like my art needs to make me money Mm -hmm. I don't think it will uh unfold as it should yeah. because you're coming from a place of lack, worry about money, worry about like making it yeah. rather than I have something within me that I need to express and I'm going to express it how I need to. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see if we have any more questions. Oh, Oh, we got some good questions. Okay. Um, so what are some of the blocks you face in the creative process? Um, <laughs> the main block I face, this is so ridiculous, is getting into my studio. For <laughs> some reason, if I haven't come into my studio for a week or two, it's like, it feels terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, like I, I haven't made anything in so long. What if I don't remember how? Um, and I'll like procrastinate I'll do anything to avoid it because I'm so scared of like Mm. not making something good that I just don't even want to try so I'll like run a bunch of errands and like (laughs) see what I can the house will be so clean yeah (laughs) I'll do every uh, it's called productive procrastination (laughs) I'm a productive procrastinator I don't Mm -hmm. just sit and watch tv I like 
I cleaned my baseboards. (laughs) (laughs) I was there, actually. Just yesterday, she cleaned her baseboards. Yep, it's true. (laughs) But, so that's the main block, is, like, fear of coming down here and, like, what will The resistance of getting into the space. Yeah, which I feel like if my studio was in my bedroom, I might be more productive. Instead, it was always in my bedroom in the past. Mm. This is the first time it's, like detached from my house Mm -hmm. so I don't know that and then like once I'm in the studio yeah just worrying that I'm not gonna make anything good feeling like I'm in high school again as far as my skills go I'll be like I don't even remember how to write a song how do I even make music (laughs) like those feelings (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. physical and mental blocks I see mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's so interesting though like I I will I will do so many things before I allow myself to get into writing mm-hmm. like I will bake something and I will clean mm-hmm. but like once you actually kind of like find an access point to like get in there it's uh yeah it's like why was why did it take me so long? Yeah, it's so weird. I will let it go for months sometimes. Like wow. when I start cuz I'll move from making music to then like okay, well I'm going to like conceptualize mm. music videos and I'm going to like sit upstairs in my office and like write down video ideas and make a Pinterest board and I'm going to mm-hmm. think about merch stuff and plan photo More shoots. business yeah. element of it. I'm going to do my taxes, like all that <laughs> stuff. Um And then if I start doing that for too long, if, like, three weeks have gone by, then suddenly the idea of making music is, like, really scary to me. Mm. And so then I'll procrastinate for, like, two more weeks. Mm. And then before I know it, I'm like, whoa, I haven't written a song in two months. Mm. Um, So I'm trying. I would like to get better about that. I have a friend. um, Her name is Lexi in the band Echoes, and she does, like, like, two songs a week. Wow. Which I feel like... I want to start doing instead of being like, oh, I'm going to do a month where I do a song a day and then not do anything, not Mm -hmm. do any songs for two months. I think like doing two a week is like reasonable. Yeah, that's pretty manageable. But like, can you imagine how many songs, like if you commit to that for the next 10 years, how many songs you'd write? So many. Whoa. I have like, I organize my computer and my sessions by Mm -hmm. year. And Mm -hmm. so I can see like how many songs I start a year. And it always averages around, like, 60 or 70 things that I start per year. Wow. Um, which isn't that many. That's, like, really only one a week. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, and sometimes there'll be, like, a month or two gap in between them, and they, they're organized by date. Mm. So it's interesting to see. I would think over time that I would do more, but I have, like, 2011 to 2021, and every year it's, like, around 60 or 70 Well, you're consistent. Yeah. I am. All right. So our next question is rituals for enhancing creative juices and fire. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I don't know. Let me think. I might have to, like, pause the recording because I... (laughs) Um, you did share your sex magic yeah. songwriting ritual, which I feel like is a very juicy ritual. It is. And she did say she wanted to enhance your creative juices. It's like literally. 
it's just so hard because I always feel like my creativity comes from like a place of forcing myself to get into the space where I'm creative and like mm. pushing through the doubt. It feels like mm-hmm. non like something I can't shift with magic. It feels like I have to like force myself and sit down like it's a job mm-hmm. and then the magic happens. Mm. It doesn't feel like I'm doing magic and then I'm like in magical land and then I go sit down. It feels yeah. like the sitting down to create is like in more of a like grounded reality, like stop making excuses and just sit down to make something. And I see so many people being like, oh, I can't, I'm not in the zone. I'm like, you don't need to be in the zone. Mm-hmm. You just need to like sit down and commit to making something. Yeah. Having discipline. Yeah. Having that discipline is kind of like magic. Actually. I guess it is like in a way, a ritual of saying like, I'm going to sit down every day for one hour or mm-hmm. something like well, sometimes magic is defined as the ability to shift consciousness at will. Mm-hmm. And if you exert your will to go from a, a headspace, a mindset of, I am not in the zone, I can't do this, I'm resistant, I don't want to do it, I have other things to do, I'm not going to be creative enough, to just exerting that will to say, today is the day I make Mm-hmm. Art. Today is the day I write that song. I am putting myself here. I'm sitting down. Yeah. I am. And what you do, like having the discipline to exert your will over the other elements of your psyche that are saying you can't do yeah. it. And I think it's important to keep in mind that, like, when you're afraid of making art, your mind will make up a bazillion excuses. Mm-hmm. Like, I see so many of my friends making. And, and myself making excuses like, I don't have time, I don't have um, the right space, I'm not in the mood, mm-hmm. I'm too stressed, all these things. Um, and I found that if you, like, commit, whether or not you have, like, a creative space, like, you can mm-hmm. always find, like, go walk to a park or mm-hmm. to the woods or go in your car or whatever and Mm -hmm. like I love long drives for creativity yeah just like yeah if you're a writer like I said just set a timer for 15 minutes and do a free write and like find a way even if it's like in a small way even if it's 10 minutes out of your day um that's another thing Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in big magic is like treating your creativity like it's an affair like if you loved if you're having an affair with someone you'll find like 10 minutes to go like sneak into the stairwell when you're on your lunch break and make out with them. Like, I remember this mm-hmm. part of the book now. I, I hadn't thought about that since I read it, though. Yeah. So it's like even if it's 10 minutes where you're sneaking off into your car on your lunch break to write a poem or set a timer to do a free write or to put open your voice memo and mm. record melodies and or draw something, whatever. Like, mm. yeah. Treat your creativity like a love affair. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I I also feel like um, the artist's way is a really great yeah, tool. Yeah, I've done that as well. And morning pages are something that I mm-hmm. do every day. When I do the morning pages, it allows me to purge whatever is stuck in my mind to create more flow so that I can express myself with more clarity mm-hmm. and just kind of like move forward the rest of the day like in, in a better headspace. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that and I... Like, last night I was in a writing session, 
and we were trying to come up with a verse and I told the guy that I have to sit there and I set a timer for 10 minutes and I have to write like I know the you know if it's like I know the rhyming pattern and how the Mm. melody goes I have to sit there and like write a bazillion lines I told him it feels like I'm brushing away like the trash of Mm. my brain Mm -hmm. and like excavating the like lyric Mm -hmm. like I have to it's like you're mining for it so you have to like get out all the junk Mm -hmm. which I feel like the morning pages does Mm because you're just like writing you're like clearing away the clutter and like garbage in your brain yeah yeah and it's actually interesting like this um question has kind of made me think about um the role of aphrodisiacs Mm -hmm. in relation to creativity an aphrodisiac herb stimulates uh sexual desire but it Mm -hmm. also stimulates creativity because again they are so connected um but what an aphrodisiac herb will actually do is uh increase circulation so get blood flowing through your body more and calm the nervous system open your heart and kind of like help you know, move energy, basically. Mm. And those themes are things that I think are very helpful in uh, getting you into a place of creativity as well. Like, what else can you do to increase circulation in your body? I know that, like, whenever I dance or whenever I've moved my body, I also kind of, like, unlock stagnation and then I feel more creative as well so I think that Mm -hmm. that also is a really good ritual is just like what can you do to circulate energy to um you know release any creative blockages what can you do to open your heart what can you do to calm your nervous system because I think those rituals will help you get to that place as well yeah I like that Mm -hmm. Makes me want to drink some aphrodisiacs. You have some here. I mm. loved them from mm. that party. <laughs> Maybe I needed you to come back and tell me how to do it. Yes. <laughs> so, Ronit, would you like to share with all of us what you have in store? Yes. So, the EP, um, as we've been talking about, will come with a ritual box. Um, the last album came with a ritual box, too. So, this is like the second rendition of it um and yeah these are like it has items in it that are designed to like help with the experience and also like this time I really wanted to focus on like I don't know almost a more self-helpy vibe Mm. with it um because I've been doing a lot of like full moon live streams and I feel like we often go into like the topic of like self-help and Mm therapy and stuff and so it comes with like a book that has um questions it's like a journaling Mm. like journaling prompts and stuff Mm -hmm. so with each after every song there are like journaling prompts so I really want to like invite people to use this music like for their healing Mm. like I don't want it to be about like me and my EP and my music I want it to be like about them and their experience and me being like the facilitator of their healing experience Mm -hmm. so the ritual kit is sort of like geared towards that and as we're recording it's like march so i'm still sort of 
like figuring out all the components of that ritual kit yeah and I know like by May or whatever I'll have it all figured out but I I have like some of the items figured out but yeah not all of them and I'm excited because I feel like you might have some ideas Mm. potentially for this Mm -hmm. we shall see yes yeah but it's really beautiful to have like something to accompany your album and I think that people who listen to your music are really going to benefit from a ritual box yeah yeah I mean I was really inspired after the last one because I got so many amazing messages from people mm. talking about like their experience with it and I could never know that like you know someone whose mom had passed away was gonna like listen to this and feel like connected to her spirit and a sense of mm. peace like I don't know what people are gonna experience going in and the messages I got were like it, like, blew my mind that, you know, there's just so many, like, real human experiences happening to this music and, like, with this ritual kit. Yeah. So I just, like, I don't know. I feel the desire and, like, need mm-hmm. to take that as far as I can. Yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful to be able to kind of release this into the universe mm-hmm. and see the impact it has. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, like, fathom that it doesn't feel real to me a lot <laughs> yeah that like people are listening to it <laughs> like real people <laughs> it's weird yeah anytime people say they listen to the podcast I'm like you're really? an AI you did? <laughs> you're not real oh my gosh oh. <laughs> um so we will include the link to uh this ritual box and to your music in our show notes um but if you want to share with any of our listeners if you want to share with our listeners where they can continue to connect with you virtually. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram, Ronit Music, R-O-N-I-I-T, two eyes. Um, and I'm on like Spotify. You can look up Ronit. I'm on I'm on everything. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. Anywhere you look, yeah. you'll if you find want Ronit. <laughs> to email me, I like getting emails. I don't know. I think it's fun. Like I actually think there's something so romantic about emails yeah I'm a big fan I put my like p.o box out there at some point and I was like yo write me letters and <laughs> a couple people did but it's nice yeah fan mail uh-huh. so cute yeah I like it um but yeah my email is like ra at ronit.com so if anyone wants to email me I'll write you back you're gonna get like thousands of emails I don't think I will but maybe <laughs> I'll get the ones I'm supposed to get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The people who feel called to email me will. (laughs) Roni, it was so lovely having a conversation with you. You too. (laughs) Do it more often. Now we're going to go watch a movie. Oh, yeah. Or maybe have a nail polish party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot of fun things in store. You too. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank you. (laughs) Doofus says goodbye too. Doof. He's been grumbling. Oh, no. The Sex Magic Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a collective, a community, a conversation. If what we do here resonates with you, I'd like to invite you to join us on Patreon. But what even is Patreon? It's an online platform where you can directly support artists and creators. In exchange, you receive exclusive benefits. It's a direct form of energetic exchange. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have some incredible monthly benefits, 
such as live Q&As where you can ask us questions every month and tune in to get them all answered. We also have an incredible Discord community where you can connect with other people around the world and talk about things within the realm of sexuality and spirituality, along with monthly resources, rituals, tarot insight, and crystal guides to help further your spiritual path. So if you'd like to support us and show us how much you appreciate the work that we do with the Sex Magic Podcast, I invite you to check out our Patreon. We have the link down in the show notes, but you can also go on patreon.com slash sexmagicpodcast.